Hey everybody, welcome back to the Quarantine Christian. My name is Garrett Jones, I'm your host. Uh, so today I'm, I'm doing another in my series of the 316s of the New Testament, continuing on with that mode. But before I get into today's content, uh, let me just say that if you have any questions or comments about uh, things that pop up in the episodes, uh, by all means, I'd love to hear them. Uh, if you have a prayer request, I'd love to pray over that prayer request. And in order to do so, there is a button that you can find on the Anchor app or on the uh, the podcast website, anchor.fm slash, uh, anchor.fm slash quarantined Christian. Uh, that button should say message or send message and allows you to record an audio uh, voice message that comes directly to me. I can listen to it. I can address the questions or comments that you have, and I can most definitely uh, pray with you or over your prayer request uh, that you send my way. I'd love to do that. So today we're looking at 1 Corinthians 3.16. This is the, canonically, this is the second letter uh, of Paul that shows up in the New Testament. And uh, this is a, uh, it, it, it's actually a pretty great uh book to read through if you haven't had the opportunity. Uh, a lot of rich theology that is going throughout it. Um, and it's one of two letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Um, so, uh, like I said, it's one of two letters. Um, so let me give you a little bit of history about Corinth. Corinth was a major economic center. It was a port city uh, in Greece, and it was a very cosmopolitan population. Um, they had temples built to a variety of Greek and Roman gods, and uh, so it was a it was it was like it's like it's like pulling into New York Harbor uh, today. Uh, you know, you've got all these different cultures interacting uh, simultaneously in in a major port city on the Mediterranean. So, uh, according to Acts chapter eighteen, Paul spent roughly about a year and a half evangelizing in the city, and people. And the people that he converted to Christ formed a church community. The subject matter of the first letter was intended to be a response to news that he had been given about the state of the Corinthian church. And so he wrote to them to encourage them to remain faithful to Christ and ignore those things that the pagan world would have otherwise imprinted upon the Corinthian believers. So our verse today in this episode uh, is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And this is what it says. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? It's a very challenging question. When one looks at the breakdown of the book of 1 Corinthians, they see that it is divided into sections, where Paul highlights the problem that the Corinthian church was having, and then he addressed how they need to see that aspect of their lives, the people's lives, as well as all aspects through the lens of the gospel. So in this case, Paul is addressing divisions within the church, specifically the divisions of the congregants who began to cling to the teachings of other evangelists who came through Corinth. Paul wasn't the only evangelist who, who showed up. Others showed up as well. And interestingly enough, we've been seeing a plethora of division even within our own country Despite the fact that we are all separate individuals, Americans are more divided than ever, and all 
and it has to do with the regard of human life, uh, which is more sacred, which isn't, and why. I mean, uh, so let me let me kind of break this down a little bit further. So it seems rather ironic and kind of serendipitous uh, that this episode draws on the teachings of Paul in 1 Corinthians. What makes it... Uh, what? Uh, so with that said... You know, it's it's important to look at the beginning of the passage. Paul makes reference to another teacher, Apollos. A-P-O-L-L-O-S, Apollos. Who had come through to teach about Christ since Paul's departure. So, Paul was there for a year and a half. He left. Apollos shows up. The division that Paul is addressing is that some of the members of the Corinthian church are clinging to Paul's uh, teachings. Others are clinging to Apollos' teachings. And there's this infighting going on saying, hey, no, Paul's teachings were better. No, Apollos' teachings were better. And they're bickering back and forth. It's, it's kind of the, the equivalent of my teacher can beat up your teacher type of thing. Um, <clears throat> and so he's addressing this and he's saying that clinging to one particular teacher, regardless of whoever it may be, creates a rift amongst the body of Christ, a.k.a. the church, the big C church. The modern equivalent of that would be people who claim that they study under Billy Graham or maybe his son Franklin and perhaps someone who favors Greg Laurie or David Platt, both of whom are are modern evangelists and and pastors. Or maybe it's, you know, Greg Laurie versus uh, Rick Warren. The point is, you've got people who are clinging to one teacher or the other, not recognizing that they're teaching the same thing, just in different ways. Paul's point in all of this is that he and the teachers that came after him are are builders working upon the same building. And in in this case, teachers leading a body of believers in the ways of Christ. In Luke chapter 11, verse 17, that second half of that verse, Jesus even said that a house divided against itself will fall. The church in Corinth is falling, it's failing because the people were so divided against one another because they focused on who was teaching the gospel of Christ better rather than on Christ himself. They exchanged the creator for something created by the creator. But this goes back to that idea of counterfeit gods, which is really kind of ironic considering how cosmopolitan and pagan the city of Corinth was. In fact, that right there is the ultimate act that constantly keeps humanity at arm's length from God. With all of the pagan temples and statues of gods, little g-gods, that were, that were just as flawed as humanity has always been, is it any wonder why the Corinthian church would be so willing to slip into idolatry. That's what they were doing. They were idolizing the teachers rather than placing their emphasis and their focus on Christ. It was all around them. But the idols they began to worship were the teachers not the statues. 
I mean, think about think about some of the divisions that we experience and things that are not spiritually based but can be just as religious. I once went to a football game. It was a Detroit Lions at San Francisco. Uh, Steve Young was still quarterback. Uh, Jerry Rice was still wide receiver. Um, and uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, Barry Sanders was still uh, playing receiver for Detroit. And he was fast. In fact, of the t- he, he made the only touchdown for the Detroit Lions the entire game. He, he received a kick. It was a kickoff return. And he received it and ran it back for like an 88-yard touchdown. It was pretty fantastic. Uh, the seats that uh, my cousin Brian and I went, the seats that we were in were lower deck. Uh, great view. Really crowded. On uh, It was December, uh, so it was really cold too. But, you know, we were having fun with it. We were, we were enjoying the, the game. And then the, the, at the end of the game... Uh, 49ers won, which was great to see because, you know, at the time I was a 49ers fan. Uh, and I, while football is not my, my go-to sport, I'm, I'm a hockey fan through and through, I still enjoyed the game because it was fun to go and watch. But at the end of the game, the guys sitting next to me point out my jacket. I was wearing this bright green jacket that my mom had gotten. It, uh, it was from a... One of her clients gave it to her uh, and just as kind of a thank you. And it didn't fit her. It was way too big on her, so she gave it to me. And so I was wearing it. And the guys sitting next to me were like, hey, you know, when you show up next week, don't be wearing that green stuff. They didn't say stuff. But they said, don't be wearing that green stuff. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles next week. And I said, well, it's a good thing I won't be here. I mean, I enjoyed football, but the, and the, the thing that should have united us was that, that enjoyment of the sport, of the game. But because of the, because of the rivalry of different teams, that creates division, and we see that uh, during major sporting events, uh, especially championship games where you know, cities fall into riot because their team won. Or even worse, when their team loses. But you see that division. And then even then, even in people that love the same team, you see this division of people who like one quarterback over the others or one receiver over the... You see consistent division. Why? Because they're not putting their emphasis and their focus on the thing that they're supposed to enjoy. They're idolizing a particular team or a particular player. And that's where things get a little, uh, a little destructive. So that brings me to the challenging question for this episode. What is it that you're putting in place of Christ? We all have idols. I said this before in the episode on counterfeit gods. We all have idols. We all have something that we make supreme and allow to take the place of God. So what is it that you're putting in place of Christ? Christ is meant to sit upon the throne of our hearts. And many people, myself included in this, 
have a tendency to abide by our sinful nature and let something created take the place of the Creator. It may not necessarily be a bad thing. Maybe it's something good. Maybe it's your job. But because your life is out of balance and you're spending so much time on that job, your family suffers. Your personal life suffers. Your faith walk suffers. But to paraphrase Jefferson Bethke, when we make good things God things, we immediately set ourselves up for failure. It's important to remember that the church isn't meant to be a popularity contest for teachers or congregants. Nor is it a place for perfect people to tout their own awesomeness. It's a community of people centered around Jesus, drawn to His orbit as the planets are to the sun. Furthermore, teachers and pastors and ministers are servants and nothing more. Their job is to shepherd the people in their congregation, to guide them, to teach them, and to teach them how to serve and to serve them well. They are called to be leaders. While sometimes pastors, especially senior pastors, are sometimes looked at as the boss of the church, especially as the church is incarnated in the West with all of the various denominations, it's important to keep in mind that, the, that a boss says, go, but a leader says, let's go, and sets the example of service and how they teach the body of Christ. And that is, that is a very crucial differentiation. It's a very crucial dif- differentiation. For those of you who are listening to this episode, I, I both pray for you and I encourage you to take stock of the things that are in your lives that might be slowly but surely taking Christ's place on the throne of your hearts. Examine how that is causing division between yourself and other believers in Christ, maybe even amongst your own family. Maybe it's an activity in your life, or perhaps it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your political ideologies. Those should never be the central focus. The central focus should be Jesus Christ and recognition for His salvation or for the salvation that He offers. It should be about loving God, loving others, and serving the world. That's what our focus should be about. It's not about us. I've said this before. You've got to take yourself out of the equation. As we wrap up this episode, that is my, my encouragement for you. If you're in need of prayer, or if you have questions or comments, by all means, please send me those voice messages through the Anchor app or anchor.fm slash, G, uh, slash quarantined Christian, and uh, I, will, I would love to uh, respond to those. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, 
we're in a time and place where people are not unified. Our purpose in our walk with you is to become more unified, both in mind and 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 spirit. Of one mind, one spirit. Otherwise, we can't function as you would have us function. Lord, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and 33 talks about how the disciples, the apostles, were united in that heart and mind. And many of us, for whatever reason, are, are not. I pray that uh, you will open the eyes of our hearts to see how we're supposed to act towards one another. With unity, not division. As we love you, as we love others, and serve the world. Lord, we pray for our, our leaders, our doctors, our nurses, everyone who is essential and on the front lines. Keep them safe, keep them sane, keep them encouraged, Lord. And we pray that uh, there's an end in sight sooner rather than later to this madness. We lift all these things to you in the name of your Son. Amen. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have a very blessed day.